Hello and welcome to Hot Topics Live. I'm Peter Stjanovic, editor of Hot Topics, and this is the first interview in our Business Innovation in the Next Normal series in partnership with Tata Communications. Now, clearly the last few months have been incredibly disruptive for the technology and business sector, and we're looking to find out how business and technology leaders are adapting to the new normal. First up, Paul Kobe, CIO of Johnson Matthey. Now, Paul, I think we can all agree that 2020 has caught most businesses, if not all, by surprise. I wonder how prepared you were when thinking about the technologies, tools, strategies, teams um, for the disruption we faced. Um, well, clearly, given that um, we were putting in teams in uh, March uh, 2020, we uh, uh, were not entirely prepared. And I don't think anybody, you know, with... Uh, you know, could, could claim that anybody saw um, just how deep this was. But the good news was, was that we had um, started investing in our infrastructure um, to turn it into a genuinely global infrastructure in 2018, which is pretty prosaic stuff. Um, you know, so replacing um, um, uh, routers in Shanghai um, ensuring that um, you know we um, had um, started to modernise our server infrastructure, um, starting to roll out you know teams and so forth. Um, none of it is going to set the world on fire. But looking back, if we hadn't done those basics, there's no way we could have supported you know a global um, working um, you know in, um, in in the pandemic. Um, so you know that was vital. Um, but uh, also, as I, I said, I think um, the, 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 the way everybody responded, um, and I'm fortunate to have, uh, enough to have teams all around the world um, in terms of uh, um, the IT function in Shanghai and KL, um, in Philadelphia, as well as in uh, the UK and Europe, uh, magnificent. Um, it, it, it is it is fantastic to see how people step up to that. And then I think the other thing I, you know, I highlight is when you're in it, um, it's, you know, you, you've got the infrastructure uh, and the tools, you've got the people, what you've got to then provide is the leadership. Um, and that's not easy because, you know, well, even now, um, none of us, really know what's around the corner but you know thinking back to march or april things were moving really really quickly um so what we um did our best to was act quickly you know cut costs out of the organization and then communicate communicate and communicate again <laughs> um that. now a lot of what we were communicating was actually we, we you know we don't know um, you know, what the future holds here. But, you know, this is what we're doing to keep you safe. This is what we're doing in order to protect the business and our livelihoods. Um, and I think that that was really important in, if you like, harnessing um, all that good work that everybody wanted to contribute. And from a triage perspective, if we look back to uh, March onwards, Paul, what was your first focus? Was it people, technology, tools, strategies, partnerships. For, for, for a CIO, what do you think was the most important place to start? Uh, I think the, the, the 
we knew we had a reasonable infrastructure. Um, we had just put in um, teams and other collaborating tools. So, you know, we needed those to work. We knew they were working. So it was really about people and cost because as I said, it was the people that would make this work. So what we did was um, we set up a daily stand-up, um, you know, which a lot, of, a lot of leadership teams have, but, you know, the leadership team um, uh, met, uh, you know, every weekday, five o'clock, you know, just to review where we were. Locked into the overall um, uh, company, um, sort of crisis management, and one of our um, my directors, the ops director, sat on the overall operations team, so we had to log in. So we put those sort of structures in place. Then the first priority was making sure everybody was able to keep working um, and supporting that around the world and getting those networks reporting into that and fixing the problems, which of course they were. The second thing we then um, had to do was support the business because different parts of our business had to act differently. So um, um, we manufacture a third of the world's catalytic converters and take thousands of tons of CO2 out of the atmosphere or prevent it going into the atmosphere as a result. The world car industry um, effectively shut down, so we had to shut our plants down. So using the IT support, to support that. So that kind of wrote itself. Mm -hmm. The next was um, we needed to recognize that um, you know, cost mattered. So we had to take cost out of the business. And um, the uh, exec team delegated to me um, where we would, um, uh, which projects we should pause or stop, which projects we should carry on with. So we then as a team worked very quickly um, to decide um, which were the projects that were strategically important um, or, or, or vital to keeping to you know, run the business. And we ended up stopping about a third of them. Um, and then the next thing we looked at was um, working with our suppliers. And, um, you know, they were all going through this as well. Um, but, you know, we talked to everybody um, that works with us and said, look, you've... Um, You've talked about partnership. Um, you've talked about, you know, being uh, on the journey with us. Um, we now need, as you may do, um, you know, to reduce our costs. What can we do together to do that? Um, and then we worked through that. Um, and so that, that was compressed into three, four weeks, um, wow. which, you know, and everybody else, you know, so people watching this will have... <laughs> lived exactly that as well. And, and then from then on, um, it was, you know, about how we worked our way uh, back in terms of, you know, as the businesses came back online, mm -hmm. as they started to pick up how we turned things back on. But it was an intense four weeks. Yeah, I can appreciate that. And presumably over those four weeks and the weeks thereafter, you must have learned quite a bit about Johnson Matthew and your teams. Would you mind sharing exactly what you learned, if any, were surprising features? Um, I, I mean, it was a, 
it was like after 9-11 in um, British Airways, um, which was a, a big crisis, you know, also, uh, you know, the teams in, in, in uh, sort of John Lewis's the, the, the business change, but absolutely in Johnson Matthew. Um, I, I think um, in, well, I could say in many ways, probably in all ways, um, crises, um, you know, bring out the best in people. Um, and, you know, there is a real desire to do um, the right thing. Um, and so, as I said, leading that desire um, was, was key. I think the other thing, you know, was that we, um, in, in those situations, um, as I said, you need to act quickly, you know, address costs, you know, and communicate. Um, I think it enables the organization, um, you know, to cut through um, and to recognize that you have to do things um, quickly. Things that, you know, you would have debated. Just imagine how long a global company would have debated moving, uh, you know, all office workers to working from home and whether that would be practicable and how would it work and so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, we took that decision, um, we, you know, um, uh, within the first week, obviously. Um, you know, in terms of um, stopping projects, um, again, would have been very difficult to do in normal circumstances. So I think you, you can harness, you know, both the desire to do the right thing and the recognition that actually there isn't time for debate. You have to act quickly, you know, whether that's in IT or whether that's in the finance function or whether it's in the manufacturing. Um, everybody recognized that this was, we all said unprecedented, kept using that word, but therefore unprecedented circumstances required, you know, decisive action. Mm. And on that note, Paul, do you think then the form for a tech leader ought to change in line with the changes we've seen? So you've mentioned, for example, uh, more decisive action far quicker. Are there any other qualities of a tech leader that need to change in line with what we've seen? I think you can be a, a tech leader from, you know, different places. Um, I mean, thank goodness there is no one, you know, uh, pro forma for that. Um, and, you know, I think in many ways, the, you know, the, the, the core things, um, I probably would say this, uh, you know, are still, still the same, you know, which is um, about building that team knowing who to trust, you know, understanding and valuing technology, that, that, that's still there. Um, I think the things that, you know, have changed, and I, I don't think this is a pandemic thing. I think this is, a, this is how the world is developing, and this is a really good thing, which is, um, you know, 20 years ago, um, people could still get away with saying, well, I, you know, I don't understand about IT and you know, that, that this, this is all very complicated. Um, thank goodness now, um, you know, across the business, um, you know, whether you're the finance director or the chief marketing officer, you know, whether you're in charge of logistics, you, 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 you know, not the details, you know, you don't know how to cut code, but you know that technology matters and you know 
that if you don't understand that, your competitors will. So it's not a question of, you know, the IT person being the, the only person out there. To, today, you've got knowledgeable and challenging and, you know, hopefully um, other uh, colleagues, you know, who will pull um, technology through, um, you know, who know what they want. So I think we're engaging at a different level. So uh, I think, you know, just as, um, you know, I've said that, you know, the, the core skill of a CIO is understanding what the business needs from IT and being able to articulate that. So you know, we've now got colleagues who can articulate what they need from us. So it, it's, it, it's um, being able to, you know, engage at that level that I think is the new, the thing that's really changed. Mm. I'm thinking more wider now for the business um, in of itself. Clearly a, a new type of doing business, a new normal as it's been put, I suppose requires some level of new challenges and opportunities that present themselves to you, to you as a tech leader. How should you or are you adapting to capitalise on any new opportunities presented by this year, if at all? I think the characteristics don't change. The opportunities represented by what gets lumped together as digital tech um, and all of the things in there um, are uh, enormous um, and will change almost um, every sector and every industry clearly have turned whole industries um, inside out um, and, uh, you know, continue to do, you know, and we all know what they are in terms of music, etc. Um, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, how travel is sold, um, uh, you know, in terms of retail and what we've seen in part of the pandemic is a three, you know, three years digital acceleration in three months, you know, in, in, in many places. Um, and that's not never going to slide back. So those present tremendous opportunities. So building on that, you know, that pre, I think, you know, the role of CIO um, is to unpack what those opportunities can mean um, for the rest of the business. Um, and if you think um, the, the deafening noise that the board and the exec team get um, in terms of digital data, et cetera, um, they, you know, is the, um, the, the new oil, um, uh, you know, digital transformation um, is, it, it is absolutely um, deafening, as I said. So what your role is, is to unpack that, translate it, and then explain what that can do for your business. And I think talking to other CIOs about this, I think the key thing that um, you need to do um, is to set up the structures that enable digital to be really tested. Um, and, you know, we've done that and talked a bit about that sort of briefly in terms of the new product we've launched, um, you know, which provides um, our um, catalyst, industrial catalyst customers with a um, machine learning informed um, advice on how they can optimize how they run uh, their chemical plants, build it out to uh, others. 
And, you know, that's really important for sustainability. It's really important for cost. It's using IT. And let's face it, not, not particularly, uh, you know, fancy IT in itself, but actually applying it to solve a real business problem. And that's what I think, um, you know, the, the opportunity should be. One of the things that, um, I did when I joined Johnson Matthew was very much as I've done um, in, in previous roles was to look at how we could um, set up an innovation incubator, which um, focused um, digital technology um, in, in ways that would make a real difference to the business. So we, we formed it of, you know, the key, uh, key leaders across the business uh, from each of our business units and um, headquarters functions and said that, you know, yep, um, lots of folks are trying to do experiments on digital twins, say, or put AI in. Let's pool our knowledge and let's all have one experiment in one area, which will really tell us whether this works or not. Um, and um, what, what I provided was a small pump priming budget that we could get these proofs of concepts done. And mm. um, it, that's really worked well because it's funneled um, that desire to innovate and it's focused it on getting some real proofs of concept. Um, done. And then, of course, I think, as we all know, uh, we do innovation is taking the proofs of concept um, and then turning them into mainstream deliveries that then get out there and alive with customers and generate real value. And I think that turns digital tech from a kind of, uh, the, you know, the worst thing it can be was a kind of Toys R Us. Everybody's having fun experiments into something that's genuinely focused on getting real business benefit. And uh, then I think you get these breakthrough moments. So, um, I, you know, I think the, despite the pandemic, you know, the opportunities um, for CIOs in, you know, leveraging digital innovation are enormous. Mm, I like the optimism, Paul. Um, I want to just pick on what you mentioned earlier about something the CIOs have been talking about and you saying that, you know, you've been listening to them and that you've been talking back. What, what else is front of mind for CIOs right now? So I, I think front of mind for all of us is, you know, the new ways of working. So um, nobody knows, uh, alas, you know, how long the pandemic will last. Um, you know, we don't know how, um, you know, how things will pan out there. But what we do know is that um, the way people want to work and the way people can work has changed, uh, you know, fundamentally. Um, so, you know, that's not an IT question, that's a whole organisation question. But we're going to be front and centre of supporting that. You know, so, um, you know, you can think of different um, scenarios, um, but, you know, you know the, the, the one which involves um, people going back to work um, in uh, offices or central places um, where they need to interact, um, where it's, you know, important to have, um, you know, sort of face-to-face -face meetings, developing strategies, um, uh, sort of building, um, building solutions. Um, you know, there are quite a few things which we all know are not quite as good on teams like this, um, however good it is. And 
if it's safe to be back in an office or a place to work, yes, that would be good. And I think, you know, those facilities will, uh, you know, still be needed. But then supporting people, you know, um, as they continue to work from home or, uh, you know, other perhaps local sites, that's going to be key. So thinking about working that through, um, you know, clearly um, cybersecurity um, is front of mind um, of uh, everybody. And we know that the risks have increased um, through the pandemic. Um, that's, that's sort of really important. And then I think the other thing is actually what we talked about in the previous question, which is where are, you know, where are the real inflection points? And I'm talking about, um, for want of a better word, uh, you know, long established traditional companies. We've been around for 202 years. So, you know, where is the real value of digital tech for a company like us? And, you know, don't get me wrong, I think there are lots of different ways there. And then I think the final thing I would draw out is, and you can see it in lots of places, which is um, uh, uh, we started doing Agile way back in British Airways um, and were delivering uh, BA.com through that and ditto in John Lewis. And we're building Agile capability in um, Johnson Matthey in terms of Agile delivery of IT to support you know, new, new, new products, new services, like the ones I talked to you about. But Agile more generally is, uh, you know, really entering into what, what a lot of businesses are talking about. Um, and I think we've got a lot to give the rest of um, our companies in terms of how they Agile, you know, actually, how do you move quickly? How do you respond flexibly? How do you build um, new products? And, you know, techniques that we're very familiar with in IT, um, uh, such as stand-ups, you know, such as scrums and, uh, you know, burn-down rates and all of those things. I think it's fascinating how those are being applied in the wider business. And I think that's a big opportunity for IT, again, to do where we came in, which is how do you lock into what the business really needs? Well, Paul, that's all we have time for today. But thank you so much for your time. It's been fascinating to hear your insights and what you're thinking in terms of the role and also the function for the future. I'm glad you're as optimistic as I am. <laughs> and that is all we have time for. Thank you so much to Paul for offering his insights across the whole breadth of his career. And thank you for watching. I hope to join you soon for the next business innovation in the next normal episode.